Section 87 of England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. The World's Story, Volume 10. England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 87. How Brian Borrow Held the Ford of Tribute, 941, by E. S. Brooks Into that picturesque and legend-filled section of Ireland, now known as County Clare, where over rocks and boulders the Shannon, noblest of Irish rivers, rushes down past Killaloe and Castle Connell to Limerick and the sea, there rode one fair summer morning many, many years ago a young Irish lad. The skirt of his party-coloured len, or kilt, was richly embroidered and fringed with gold. His inner, or jacket, close-fitting and silver-trimmed, was open at the throat, displaying the embroidered len and the torque, or twisted collar of gold, about his sturdy neck, while the purple scarf held the jacket at the waist. A gleaming golden brooch secured the long-played brat, or shawl, that dropped from his left shoulder, broad bracelets encircled his bare and curiously tattooed arms, and from an odd-looking golden spiral at the back of his head his thick and dark red hair fell in flowing ringlets upon his broad shoulders. Rawhide shoes covered his feet, and his bronze shield and short war-axe hung conveniently from his saddle of skins. A strong guard of pikemen and gallow-glasses, or heavily armed footmen, followed at his pony's heels, and seemed an escort worthy a king's son. A strong-limbed, cleanly-built lad of fifteen was this sturdy young horseman, who now rode down the Athna Boruma, or Ford of Tribute, just above the rapids of Shannon, near the town of Killaloe. And as he reined in his pony, he turned and bade his herald, Cogaran, sound the trumpet-blast that should announce to the clan of Cass the return from his years of fosterage of the young Flythe or chieftain, Brian, the son of Kennedy, king of Thomond. But ere the strong-lunged Corcoran could wind his horn, the hearts of all the company grew numb with fear, as across the water the low, clear strains of a warning song sounded from the haunted grey stone, the mystic rock of Carrickalee that overhung the trembling rapids. Quote, Never yet for fear or foe, by the ford of Killaloe, stooped the crests of heroes free, sons of Cass by Carrick Lee. Falls the arm that smites the foe, by the ford of Killaloe, chilled the heart that boundeth free, by the rock of Carrick Lee. He who knows not fear of foe, fears the ford of Killaloe, fears the voice that chants his dree, from the rock of Carrick Lee. End quote. Young Brian was full of the superstition of his day, superstition that even yet lives amid the simple peasantry of Ireland, and peoples, rocks and woods, and streams with good and evil spirits, fairies, sprites and banshees, and no real native Irish lad could fail to tremble before the mysterious song. Sorely troubled, he turned to Cogaran inquiringly, and that faithful retainer said in a rather shaky voice, 
"'Tis your warning song, O noble young chief. "'Tis the voice of the banshee of our clan. "'Aobin, the wraith of Carrick Lee. "'Just then, from behind the haunted grey rock, "'a fair young girl appeared, "'tripping lightly across the large stepping-stones "'that furnished the only means of crossing the ford of Killaloe. "'See, see,' said Corcoran, "'grasping his young lord's arm, "'she comes for thee. "'Tis thy doom, O master, the fiend of Carrick Lee. "'So fair a fiend should bring me naught of grief,' "'said young Brian, stoutly enough, "'though it must be confessed his heart beat fast and loud. "'O spirit of the waters!' he exclaimed. "'O banshee of Clan Cass! "'Why thus early in his life "'dost thou come to summon the son of Kennedy, the king?' "'The young girl turned startled eyes "'upon the group of armed and warlike men, "'and grasping the skirt of her white and purple len, "'turned as if to flee, "'when Corcoran, with a loud laugh, cried out, "'Now, fool and double fool am I, "'fit brother to Citric the Blind "'and the Black King of Dublin. "'Why, tis no banshee, O noble young chief, "'tis but thy foster-sister, "'Ama, the daughter of Connor, "'Ama the golden-haired. "'Nay, is it so? "'St. Sinanus be praised,' "'said Brian, greatly relieved. "'Cross to us, maiden, cross to us,' he said. "'Fear nothing, tis but Brian, thy foster-brother, "'returning to his father's home.' "'The girl swiftly crossed the ford "'and bowed her golden head "'in a vassal's welcome to the young lord. "'Welcome home, O brother,' she said. "'Even now my lord, thy father, "'awaits the sound of thy horn "'as he sits in the great seat "'beneath his kingly shield, and I—' "'And thou, maiden,' said Brian gaily, "'thou must needs lurk behind the haunted rock of Carrickley "'to freeze the heart of young Brian at his homecoming with thy banshee song?' Aimer of the golden hair laughed a ringing laugh. "'Sayst thou so, brother?' she said. "'Dost the scourge of the Danes shrink thus at a maiden's voice?' "'Who calls me the scourge of the Danes?' asked Brian. So across the border do they say that the maidens of King Callahan's court call the boy Brian, the son of Kennedy, the girl made answer. Who faces the Danes, my sister? Tends no tender foe, said Brian, and the court of the King of Cashel is no lady's hall in these hard-striking times. But wind thy horn, Cogaran, and cross we the ford to greet the king, my father. Loud and clear the herald's call rose above the rush of the rapids, and as the boy and his followers crossed the ford, the gates of the palace, or dun, of King Kennedy of Thomond were flung open, and the band of welcomers, headed by Mahon, Brian's eldest brother, rode out to greet the lad. Nine hundred years ago the tribe of Cass was one of the most powerful of the many Irish clans, the whole of Thomond, or North Munster, was under their sway, and from them, say the old records, it was never lawful to levy rent or tribute or pledge or hostage or fostership fees. So strong and free were they. When the clans of Munster gathered for battle, it was the right of the clan of Cass to lead in the attack, and to guard the rear when returning from any invasion. It gave kings to the throne of Munster, and valiant leaders to warfare with the Danes, who, in the tenth century, poured their hosts into Ireland, conquering and destroying. In the year 948, in which our sketch opens, 
the head of this powerful clan was kenedai or kennedy king of thomond his son brian had in accordance with an old irish custom passed his boyhood in fosteridge at the court of callaghan king of cashel in east munster brought up amid warlike scenes where battles with the danish invaders were a frequent occurrence young brian had now at fifteen completed the years of his fostership and was a lad of strong and dauntless courage cool and clear-headed and a firm foe of ireland's scourge the fierce dub gale or black gentiles as the danes were called the feast of welcome was over the bards had sung their heroic songs to the accompaniment of the cruot or harp the fool had played his pranks and the juggler his tricks and the chief bard who was expected to be familiar with more than seven times fifty stories great and small had given the best from his list and as they sat thus in the Kumtek or great hall of the long low-roofed house of hewn oak that scarcely rose above the stout earthen ramparts that defended it swift messengers came bearing news of a great gathering of danes for the ravaging of munster and the especial plundering of the clan of cass thou hast come in right fitting time o son said kennedy the king here is need of strong arms and stout hearts how say ye noble lords and worthy chieftains dare we face in fight this so great a host but as chiefs and councillors were discussing the king's question advising fight or flight as they deemed wisest young brian sprung into the assembly war axe in hand what fathers of can class he cried all aflame with excitement will ye stoop to parley with hard-hearted pirates ye who never brooked injustice or tyranny from any king of all the kings of erin ye who never yielded even the leveret of a hare in tribute to leinsterman or dane tis for the can of class to demand tribute not to pay it summon our vassals to war place me o king my father here at the ford of the tribute and make me test of the lessons of my fostership know ye not how the boy champion cuchulain of ulster held the fort for five long days against all the hosts of connaught what boy hath done boy may do death can come but once the lad's impetuous words fired the whole assembly the gillies and retainers caught up the cry and with the wild enthusiasm that has marked the quick-hearted irishman from brian's day to this they all so says the record kissed the ground and gave a terrible shout beacon fires blazed from cairn and hilltop and from the four points from north and south and east and west came the men of thomond rallying around their chieftains on the banks of shannon with terrible ferocity the danish hosts fell upon ireland from dublin to cork the coast swarmed with swordsmen across the fair fields of meath and tipperary the smooth plained grassy land of erin from shannon to the sea the kings and chieftains of ireland gathered to withstand the shock of the invaders their chief blow was struck at brocken's break in county meath and on that field says the old irish record fell the kings and chieftains the heirs to the crown and the royal princes of erin there fell kennedy the king and two of his stalwart sons but at the ford of tribute brian the boy chieftain kept his post 
and hurled back again and again the Danes of Limerick, as they swarmed up the valley of the Shannon to support their countrymen on the plains of Meath. The haunted grey stone of Carrickley, from which Brian had heard the song of the supposed banshee, rose sharp and bold above the rushing waters, and against it and around it Brian and his followers stood at bay, battling against the Danish hosts. Ill luck was it for the foreigner, says the record, when that youth was born, Brian, the son of Kennedy, in the very midst of the stubborn fight at the ford, and around from a jutting point of the rock of Carrickley, a light shallop came speeding down the rapids. In the prow stood a female figure, all in white, from the gleaming golden lan, or crescent, that held her flowing veil to the hem of her gracefully falling robe, and above the din of the strife a clear voice sang, quote, First to face the foreign foe, first to strike the battle blow, last to turn from triumph back, last to leave the battle's rack. Clan of Cass shall victors be when they fight at Carrick Lee. End quote. It was, of course, only brave young Ima of the golden hair bringing fresh arms in her shallop to Brian and his fighting men, but as the sun bursting through the clouds flashed full upon the shining war-axe which she held aloft, the superstitious Danes saw in the floating figure the White Lady of the Rapids, the Banshee, a Oibin, the fairy guardian of the clan of Cass. Believing, therefore, that they could not prevail against her powerful aid, they turned and fled in dismay from the flowing river and the haunted rock. But fast upon young Brian's victory came the tearful news of the Battle of Brocken's Break and the defeat of the Irish kings. Of all the brave lad's family, only his eldest brother, Mahon, escaped from that fatal field, and now he reigned in place of Kennedy, his father, as King of Thomond. But the victorious Danes overran all southern Ireland, and the brothers Mahon and Brian found they could not successfully face in open field the hosts of their invaders. So these two stout, able, valiant pillars, these two fierce, lacerating, magnificent heroes, as the brothers were called in the curious and wordy old Irish record, left their mud-walled fortress palace by the Shannon, and with all their people and all their chattels went deep into the forests of Cratlow and the rocky fastnesses of the county Clare, and there they lived the life of robber chieftains, harassing and plundering the Danes of Limerick and their recreant Irish allies, and guarding against frequent surprise and attack. But so hazardous and unsettled a life was terribly exhausting, and at length each party of them became tired of the other, and finally King Mahon made peace with the Danes of Limerick. But Brian the Brave would make no truce with a hated foe. "'Tell my brother,' he said, when messengers brought him word of Mahon's treaty, "'that Brian, the son of Kennedy, knows no peace with foreign invaders. "'Though all others yield and are silent, yet will I never.' And with this defiance the boy chieftain and the young champions of the tribe of Cass went deeper into the woods and fastnesses of County Clare, and for months kept up a fierce guerrilla warfare. The Danish tyrants knew neither peace nor rest from his swift and sudden attacks. 
much booty of satins and silken cloths both scarlet and green pleasing jewels and saddles beautiful and foreign did they lose to this active young chieftain and much tribute of cows and hogs and other possessions did he force from them so dauntless an outlaw did he become that his name struck terror from galway bay to the banks of shannon and from lough derg to the baron of clare when he inflicted not evil on the foreigners in the day the quaint old record asserts he was sure to do it in the next night and when he did it not in the night he was sure to do it in the following day one chill april day as brian sat alone before the gloomy cave that had given him a winter shelter in the depths of the forests of clare his quick ear well trained in woodcraft caught the sound of a light step in the thicket snatching his ever-ready spear he stood on guard and demanded who is there no answer followed his summons but as he waited and listened he heard the notes of a song low and gentle as if for his ear alone Quote, chieftain of the stainless shield prince who brooks no tribute fee ne'er shall he to pagan yield who prevailed at Caraclee. rouse thee arm thee hark and heed erin's strength in erin's need Unquote. tis the banshee was the youth's first thought the guardian of our clan urgeth me to speedier action then he called aloud who sings of triumph to brian the heavy-hearted be no longer brian the heavy-hearted be as thou ever art brian the brave came the reply and through the parting thicket appeared not the dreaded vision of aobin the banshee but the fair young face of his foster-sister ima of the golden hair better days await thee brian my brother she said mahon the king bids thee meet him at holy isle none dared bring his message for fear of the death-dealing danes who have circled thee with their earth-lines but what dare not i do for so gallant a foster-brother with the courtesy that marked the men of even those savage times the boy chieftain knelt and kissed the hem of the daring little maiden's purple robe and what wishes my brother the king o ima of the golden hair he said knows he not that brian has sworn never to bend his neck to the foreigner that does he know right well replied the girl but his only words to me were bid brian my brother keep heart and keep this tryst with me and the sons of kennedy may still stand unfettered kings of erin so brian kept the tryst near the southern shores of lofderg the holy isle still lies all strewn with the ruins of the seven churches that gave it this name the outlawed young chieftain met the king braving the dangers of danish capture and death he had come unattended to meet his brother where o brian are thy followers king mahon inquired save the fifteen faithful men that remain to me in the caves of uim bloit said the lad the bones of my followers rest on many a field from the mountains of connaught to the gates of limerick for their chieftain o my brother maketh no truce with the foe thou art but a boy o brian and like a boy thou dost talk said the king reprovingly thy pride doth make thee imprudent for what thou hast gained since spite of all thy followers lie dead 
gained exclaimed the young chieftain impetuously as he faced mahon the king i have gained the right to be called true son of the can of class of ancestors who would brook no insult who would pay no tribute fee to invaders who would give no hostage and as to my trusty liegemen who have fallen is it not the inheritance of the can of class to die for their honour and their homes demanded brian so surely it is no honour in valorous men my brother to abandon without battle or conflict their father's inheritance to danes and traitorous kings the unyielding courage of the lad roused the elder brother to action and secretly but swiftly he gathered the chiefs of the clan for counsel in the dun of king mahon by the ford of killaloe freedom for erin and death to the danes cried they as the voice of one man says the record again the warning beacons flamed from cairn and hilltop in the shadow of the rock of cashel the royal sun burst the banner of the ancient kings was flung to the breeze and clansmen and vassals and allies rallied beneath its folds to strike one mighty blow for the redemption of ireland in the county of tipperary in the midst of what is called the golden valley this remarkable rock of cashel looms up three hundred feet above the surrounding plain its top even now crowned with the ruins of what were in brian's day palace and chapel turret and battlement and ancient tower beneath the rough archway of the triple ramparts at the foot of the rock and up the sharp ascent there rode one day the herald of ivor the danish king of limerick through the gateway of the palace he passed and striding into the audience hall spoke thus to mahon the king hear now o king ivar the son of citric king of limerick and sole overlord of munster doth summon thee his vassal to give up to him this fortress of castle to disperse thy followers to send to him at limerick bounden with chains the body of brian the outlaw and to render unto him tribute and hostage king mahon glanced proudly out to where upon the ramparts fluttered the flag of ireland say to ivar the son of citric he said that mahon king of thomond spurns his summons and will pay no tribute for his own inheritance and say thou too cried his impetuous younger brother that brian the son of kennedy and all the men of the clan of cass prefer destruction and death rather than submit to the tyranny of pirates and the overlordship of foreigners and danes hear then mahon king of thomond hear thou and all thy clan the words of ivar the son of citric came the stern warning of the danish herald thus says the king i will gather against thee a greater muster and hosting and i will so ravage and destroy the can of class that there shall not be left of ye one man to guide a horse's head across a ford an abbot or a venerable person within the four corners of munster who shall not be utterly destroyed or brought under subjection to me ivar the king tell thy master said mahon the king unmoved by this terrible threat that the can of cass defy his boastful words and will show in battle which are lords of erin and tell thy master said his brother that brian the outlaw will come to limerick not bound with chains but to bind them the danish power was strong and terrible but the action of the two valiant brothers was swift and their example was inspiring 
clansmen and vassals flocked to their standard and a great and warlike host gathered in old cashel brian led them to battle and near a willow forest close to the present town of tipperary the opposing forces met in battle that lasted from sunrise to midday and the sunburst banner of the ancient kings streamed victorious over a conquered field and the hosts of the danes were routed from tipperary to limerick brian pursued the flying enemy and capturing limerick took therefrom great stores of booty and many prisoners and the queer old irish record thus briefly tells the terrible story of young brian's vengeance a story that fittingly shows us the cruel customs of those savage days of old days now fortunately gone for ever the fort and the good town he reduced to a cloud of smoke and to red fire afterward the whole of the captives were collected on the hills of Sainegal, and every one that was fit for war was killed and every one that was fit for a slave was enslaved and from the day of limerick's downfall the star of ireland brightened as in battle after battle brian borrow footnote brian of the tribute and footnote the wise and valiant young chieftain was hailed as victor and deliverer from sea to sea upon the death of his brother mahon in the year nine seventy six brian became king of thomond of munster and of cashel then uniting the rival clans and tribes under his sovereign rule he was crowned at tara in the year one thousand ardrai or high king of erin the reign of this great king of ireland was peaceful and prosperous he built churches fostered learning made bridges and causeways and constructed a road around the coast of the whole kingdom in his palace at kincora near the old dun of his father king kennedy by the ford of killaloe he dispensed a royal hospitality administered a rigid and impartial justice and so continued in prosperity for the rest of his reign having been at his death thirty-eight years king of munster and fifteen years sovereign of all ireland so the boy chieftain came to be king of ireland and the story of his death is as full of interest and glory as the record of his boyish deeds for brian grew to be an old old man and the danes and some of the restless irishmen whom he had brought under his sway revolted against his rule so the grand old man of ninety years led his armies out from the tree-shaded ramparts of royal kinkora and meeting the enemy on the plains of dublin fought on friday april the twenty-third ten fourteen near the little fishing station of clontarf the last and most terrible struggle of northmen and gael of pagan and christian on irish soil it was a bloody day for ireland but though the aged king and four of his six sons with eleven thousand of his followers were slain on that fatal field the danes were utterly routed and the battle of clontarf freed ireland forever from their invasions and tyrannies end of section eighty seven this recording is in the public domain